0: podcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the city of innovation, education, and of course, Fenway Park. This is TI Clergy Corner, bringing you timely, insightful, and impactful sermons from Temple Israel of Boston. In this episode, we'll hear Rabbi Elaine Zecker's Shabbat awakenings, a reflection as we make our way towards Shabbat entitled, No Forced Pregnancy. There are many moments in life that puts life into perspective. Welcoming Thea into the community and attaching her name to the generations of strong, loving women before her is a beautiful blessing to hold and to elevate. But now, as I begin this Devar Torah, we move into a more difficult and challenging territory. The perspective of the weak began with gunshots. Yet again, in a place where young adults should feel safe in an educational environment. And yet, and yet another school shooting, another mass act of violence because guns in the hands of their owners seem to have no limit in this country to wreak havoc and to snuff out the lives of children and adults. More people have have died this year than there are days since January 1st. And it makes us ask, don't those who allow limitless access to guns care about human life? Wouldn't they want to protect the lives of human beings at every stage? And yet, is the life of a child already born or already on their way into adulthood not also precious? Now imagine if all of those folks who so vociferously advocate for the right of a fetus, regardless of the life that carries it, turn their attention to the rights and lives of children in classrooms and students on university campuses who have been randomly shot and killed. That is the number one cause of death of children in this country. Isn't that a consistent way to be pro-life? For we are standing here wondering how to assert ourselves from the perspective of our own tradition, which teaches us that to choose life so that we and our descendants, our children, will live. Tonight is about choice. Across the country, many congregations, thanks to the National Council of Jewish Women, who've provided many wonderful resources, are lifting up this week's Torah portion to speak about the ability to choose what is best for oneself and one's body in the face of the Dobbs decision that to force pregnancy on those who may need to terminate it for a variety of reasons. And that's what you're going to hear me talking about forced pregnancy. Tonight, I think it is helpful to share the language of our tradition that asserts that the act of ending a pregnancy is not a capital offense. In other words, it is not murder. For most of its development, the fetus remains part of the body of the one who carries it. So let's look at this week's Torah portion that provides a scenario when two or more parties fight and one of them pushes a pregnant person and a miscarriage results but no other damage ensues the one responsible shall be fined according as the woman's husband may exact that's another issue we're not talking about tonight the ba- the payment to be based on reckoning but if other damage ensues the penalty shall be life for life eye for eye tooth for tooth hand for hand foot for foot burn for burn wound for wound bruise for bruise just to drive the point home. So what does not happen? There is no charge for manslaughter. So we learn here about the legal status of the embryo. There is consequence, but it's financial penalty. It is a civil suit. Other damage could have been much graver, as we just heard. Clearly, the text is not concerned with the experience of miscarriage. Anyone who belongs to that club understands the devastation. Under Jewish law, the message is clear that the fetus is not yet a person, and only monetary compensation happens. As the commentator Rashi emphasized, one can't even be certain that the fetus would even make it to nine months anyway. And at the very beginning of its development, the fetus has absolutely no status whatsoever for the first 40 days of pregnancy, which amounted to seven or eight weeks based on the way the rabbis of the Talmud counted. Now, many have asked whether a fetus has a soul. And the Midrash states, when is the soul, the neshama, put in a person? From the moment one comes out of the womb of one's mother or before one comes out of the, or before one comes out of the womb of one's mother. And the answer is when one comes out of the womb of one's mother. Now, there are many texts in Judaism and there are some that speak to other moments like when uh, when conception that is found, but it's not a majority opinion. Also at birth, which we see. It could also be surviving 30 days, and there is another opinion that when the child can say, amen. So it's here is where, because of the lack of agreement and the presence of so much uncertainty, and the moment, at the moment the soul enters the body, is too unclear that the texts seek to remove this question from the equation. So we've seen financial reparation, we've seen the entrance of the soul, Now to the life of the one who is pregnant, the Talmud is very clear and direct. If a woman was giving birth and her life was being endangered by the fetus, the life of the fetus may be sacrificed in order to save the mother. But once the head has emerged during the birthing process, the baby may may not be harmed in order to save the mother because one life may not be pushed aside to save another life. The one who is pregnant takes precedence while the fetus is still developing. But if it is formed and emerging, then they both have claims to life. This idea is what we call a therapeutic reason to end pregnancy because the one who is carrying the fetus life is in danger. But the rabbis were aware that there could be other reasons of necessity to end the pregnancy. We learn of this attitude through the responsa literature, where questions were posed to rabbis, and they made decisions in response to the ideas posed. Here are two examples. The questioner asked about an adulterous married woman who is pregnant is a good question, because it appears to me, says this rabbi, to permit her to abort. And even in the case of a legitimate fetus, Meaning there was it didn't come about from an adulterous relationship. Um, there is reason to be lenient if there is a great need, as long as the fetus has not yet begun to emerge, even if the mother's life is not in jeopardy, but only so as to save her from woe associated with it that could cause great pain. Let's see another idea of this. It's clear that abortion is not permitted without reason. That's fair and right, that would be destructive and frustrative, I don't know if that's a word, of the possibility of life. But for a reason, even if it is a slim reason, such as to prevent disgrace, then we have precedent and authority to admit it, to permit it. So the focus of life in Judaism is crucial. This is why Judaism emphasizes that we must choose life, and in choosing it, we have the responsibility to guarantee that those who are living lives are protected first and foremost. Our tradition does not regard what the ancient philosopher Philo called the workshop of nature. The potential of human life has holy significance. And so does the life of that person whose belly carries the fetus. Any woman, anyone whose body has the ability to be pregnant, has a sacred role in the perpetuation of the generations in many ways. All of us have the responsibility to ensure that they are protected and their lives are secure in their experience of pregnancy. For too many people across this country, they, we, live in a precarious situation where our lives can be endangered if we are involuntarily mandated to have a forced pregnancy. This is the opposite of pro-life. Now, we are fortunate in Massachusetts. We have laws, legislators, and judges who protect us from Forced pregnancy. We also have a magnificent reproductive rights, tycoon Central Group, who mostly focus their attention beyond the boundaries of our commonwealth. And they are wearing white name tags and sitting kind of around here, right here. Um, And they would love to speak to you about their work and our work together. Just find one of them and ask how you can help and get involved, or just know about their efforts. We are fortunate to have such a hardworking and devoted core of individuals helping to ensure that choosing life remains a solid Jewish value. May it spread across this country and may no one worry for their own life. So may it be. Shabbat Shalom. This has been a Temple Israel of Boston production Join us next time for another episode of T.I. Clergy Corner.